What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hello, everybody. How's it going? Welcome back to episode six of the You're Gonna Die podcast by me, Jordan Howes. And today we have a exciting episode for you, actually. It's one of the ones I've been looking forward to probably more than a few others, to be fair. Got a couple of good stories, a couple of chase things, a couple of... Hmm, just pretty much like normal stuff for you guys, but it's going to be pretty interesting. So let's get straight into it. And if you haven't already, go follow my social media. My Instagram is at underscore. That's H-O-W-E-S-Y. And you can find the same on YouTube, TikTok, and pretty much any of my other social media through there. So to start things off with today's podcast, I'm going to be introducing my guest for the day. And uh, you've obviously seen the title of this already, so you know it's going to be a pretty mad one. But we have Toby Wilkinson on today. I've baited the governmental and everything. Um, Toby is a good friend of mine, and uh, I'll let him introduce himself, actually. I'm not going to tell your life story for you. Yeah, what's up, everyone? Um, I'm looking forward to doing this, to be fair. I've got a few joke stories to tell, some including Jordan, some not, but... Yeah, we've got some pretty sick stuff going, to be fair. Tell me, like, a bit about yourself. Like, if you were going to an interview, yeah, like, imagine this is an interview for a job. Like, what, what are you saying? I'd be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big facts, you know. Oh, oh it'd be a bad situation. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? What's going on? I am from Cambridge here. I, I like to say Cambridge, but it's like some little town outside of Cambridge. But, um, yeah, I live there pretty much my whole life. Uh, kind of close to the train station, so I can get about the UK. Chillin'. Big chilling. Yeah, it's calm. Yeah, calm. Nice little town. Yeah, definitely. I've been there a few times. It's all right, to be fair. It's it's interesting. It's a few little... <laughs> no, there's, there's nothing there. It's deep. It's, no, it's calm, man. It's calm. Um, right, so basically, the way this is going to work, I don't know if you've listened to a few podcasts already, but in terms of having guests on, I'm just going to like basically ask a few questions, bring up a few stories between us both and just basically like go through our relationship and any stories we've had. So I'll pretty much get right into it. Like, to start off with, where did we meet? Where did we meet? The first time we met, I swear, was we went and did all those abandoned buildings. We had yeah. like a little road trip day out. <laughs> yeah, literally. We uh, we did that abandoned train yard. We went to that, uh, oh, that factory where we were sneaking around from that security guard for time. Oh, yeah. No, that was a... Uh, so so in Bedford, basically, where near, near Toby lives, there's this like basically complex of like abandoned factories isn't it like yeah yeah like loads of old world war Two like infrastructure basically yeah like communication bases and yeah, stuff like so that. sick up there and like essentially i'd i'd been up with charlie Oda lku 
Um, he's been mentioned on a few of the podcasts now. And we basically were on a road trip. And the idea of the road trip was to go up. We called it a Midlands Lurk. Like we was going around the Midlands, basically exploring different places. And I happened to stumble across this boy himself. But yeah, we met in the summer. We went and explored like a couple of places. And we got to this one place. Like we'll tell the story because it's, it's quite a jokes one. But so I remember this really vividly. Like my, my memory is quite good of it. We... We're on our way over. There's that wibbly wobbly like fence that thing. Fence. You know that fence. Like we all, it was like this fence. It was like them ones in primary school, like the hexagon shaped like metal strips that are like weaved together. And you got to the top, and it started falling towards you. <laughs> yeah. And then you got up, and you was like a center of balance. Yeah. One little move, and you'd be flinging off. Absolutely, game it. over. Yeah. And there was that like little blo- uh, that uh, we call it f- like a floater in the UK. Is that like? Is that yeah, what you would have called it as well? Like that little ball and like yeah, the floater. Yeah. <laughs> we booted that around for a bit. But anyways, it was like a communication centre and we were going in there basically to explore like the... I think there's like a... Was there a wind tunnel or something in there yeah, as well? Yeah, there was like, like a, a big storage facility. And yeah, it had like mad. this massive wind turbine in the wall and it just looked so sick. Yeah. And just being like the stupid kids we are, we basically saw this security guard and he was like patrolling the area. And we essentially climbed through the window of this one abandoned building trying to get in. And I tried getting through, but the doors were all like completely sealed shut. Like they had screws in them and the security guard was like coming towards us at this point. And did he see us to start off with? No, I don't think he, he drove past us a couple of times. We sort of lurked around the corner. Yeah. And then he went around one side of the building and we'd like run around to the other, yeah. <laughs> etc. Just, we were basically playing cat and mouse with him, weren't we? Yeah. Like every time he'd come round, we'd hide behind some sort of machinery, and then like he knew something was up. Like he definitely knew something was up. Like he was basically following roughly where we were. But like the time he was chasing us, he couldn't look at the cameras, so he didn't really know where we were at. Yeah. So it was like a big game of hide and seek, but with like more stakes. <laughs> and this was like during lockdown one as well. So like it was yeah, it was real. quite it was quite desolate anyway, and like we could have got in quite a bit of trouble for it if the police did come crying about lockdown and everything. But yeah, that was quite a joke. So that's that's pretty much where we met. Like it was just like a, a basic thing, um, and obviously that's class as urbex. So I guess a good place to start in terms of asking you questions. How like did you get into urbex? What what happened? Well, like obviously, same with most people. It started off local, like roofs, little abandoned buildings. There was this pretty cool abandoned pub in my town which we explored quite a bit, but obviously it gets rinsed. You do everything. You climb on your local high street roofs doing booky <laughs> shit. And then, you know. and then you start going to London, you go, you go out, you start climbing bigger things. You start doing, you start gaining knowledge on like locations and yeah. different stuff like that. Just getting out of the camera and exploring really. Yeah, for sure. I was pretty much the same. Like, would you say that like your school life had an influence on how you got into this sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. Like being stuck at school and then, only having those two days a week to go and do something mm. or like the evenings and stuff it really like made me realize that i want to do something with my time mm-hmm. like everyone would go home they would play their xbox they'd watch netflix whatever i just thought if there's something to go out and do explore or whatever i'm just going to be doing that instead yeah because like yeah why be sat indoors i was the exact same like obviously you normally you can normally see from like a childhood sort of thing where you're going to be going from the way you acted as a child like i in school was like a little sh- not like a little shit like but i was like a, a naughty enough to like know that i didn't really like being told what to do and we've obviously had conversations in the past but like it's pretty similar for you isn't it yeah like the whole environment around school was just not for me and mm. i just never got along with it being sat in a classroom doing the same thing as 30 other kids rather than doing something individual 
it was just not the right environment for me at all. Yeah, it was peak. I completely agree. Like having those like confines and rules on you is like always one of them things. It's like you're getting told what to do at school. So why do you want to be told what to do or not told what to do in your outside life? But yeah, exactly. Yeah, basically. I think there's like a big like a big mix between like urbexers and their way they acted at school and stuff. Like I don't think there's anyone who's squeaky clean at school and do does the stuff that we do because you have to have that certain level of like authority basically like going against it yeah and also like a lot of people i know that speak to multiple urbexers you'd say mm-hmm. that don't actually do it themselves can really tell that there's a, like a big sort of agenda around their mindset and how mm-hmm. they've acted throughout their whole lives and like sort of just as nicely as possible disobeying the rules yeah exactly yeah i mean yeah so that's pretty much like how most people get into urbex to be fair i mean i got into it through parkour but you got it through it in like a different thing so that's completely fair enough but now what four or five years on later and we've been basically traveling the world like going to mad places climbing crazy things so i'm just going to get right in and just start on one of the main trips that we had together so me and toby for those who follow me on social media uh, and a few others actually recently i say recently about a month month and a half ago traveled to a place called milan in italy um and while we were there a number of pretty jokes things happened so we're going to be telling those stories i'm just basically going to give you a few like basically pointers and i'm just going to let the story flow so oh basically right so while we were in milan there was this thing that we basically wanted to go and do and it was like a leisure center if i said that leisure center yeah sure so we (laughs) we scouted out this like we took oh, that was when we took the train to Lake Como, which mm-hmm. like this really nice little town like, on the outside of Milan, and it had this like massive lake. It was I can't remember what month was it. It was like September. Oh uh, yeah, September I think. And we saw this like big diving platform. Like that was what it was like a good twenty meters. Yeah, yeah, like. And yeah, yeah. we just knew that we had to go jump off that into the lake. Like it was such a beautiful place. The mountains, mm-hmm. the mountains, everything about it was just so sick. So. Yeah. We jumped over this back fence, uh, me, Jordan and Lewis, and we snuck around to this big old diving platform and there was just like a few old women there, like at this leisure centre, just like sunbathing and stuff. <laughs> and we, Even though they were all Italian and they just see these three little English boys running around. In their pants as well. Like, giggling. We shorts. Just running around giggling in their boxes and they're about to go <laughs> jump off this diving board, asking us what we're doing. And we're just like, oh, we're filming a promotional video. Like, <laughs> and we managed to blag it for about five minutes, enough time for us to all jump off this thing. Like, <laughs> just <laughs> enough time before someone come over and pretty much chased us yeah, out. Yeah, like, she was, like, saying, like, oh, like, I want to see, like, your permission, like, your emails. Like, we blagged it for so long and we all managed to do it. It was like, yeah, we'll show you everything you need. We're just going to jump off this first. Yeah, we're going to jump off this and then leave first. And then we continued to climb over the locked gate yeah. after saying we had full permission <laughs> to be there and doing wedge backflips off this fucking yeah, big old she, diving she platform. Happy. Yeah, that was pretty joke. So, like, that sort of set the tone for the rest of the trip anyway because we just got there and was just, like, kind of on these little fuckeries. But, yeah, that was, like, I don't know why I found that so funny. I wonder why, like, it was like a like a private boat club, wasn't it? Yeah, like, it was, like, for rich people. Yeah, it was, like, a outdoor sort of sports training centre, I guess. There was, like, big diving platforms into the lake. There was kayaks. There was sailing boats all shit sort of shit like that yeah it was pretty sick to be fair like that was definitely one of the more memorable moments and if you guys are looking to travel or add lake como it's um lake and then c-o-m-o um to your list because honestly it's unbelievable there like the rivers the scenery the mountains all of it is amazing so. yeah so many hammock spots as well mm-hmm. uh, lots of cool little old things as well it's such an old place there's like old railway tracks you can walk along yeah. there's 
loads of abandoned, like little abandoned buildings in the town, and the, sh- the back streets just look so sick. Do you remember that dank pizza place we went to? Oh, like the two euro yeah, plain like pizza. The, yeah, like the margarita plain pizza thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dank. It was like some cheap homemade little Italian pizza place. It was unreal. And like, do you remember the pomegranate tree outside as well? Like there was like some oh, pomegranate yeah. we were tree. We were just munching on pomegranate seeds the whole trip. Yeah, like we were just climbing up on this tree and basically going there. But that wasn't the most interesting thing that happened <laughs> while we were there. Like that wasn't the most interesting. I'd say basically we had like a little police interaction and it was quite a a jokes one actually but also quite scary probably one of the more intimidating police interactions i've had because it was my first proper proper like police situation to be fair like so essentially we were trying to get on this roof in a place next literally next to the diving center like the the outdoor water sports center sorry that we just jumped off we were basically trying to get onto a roof of a local building so like the start of all things we tailgated uh, pretty much as normal that basically means follow a resident into the building Went up the stairwell and then I can't actually remember what happened when we got to the top of the stairwell. There was that window mm-hmm. and there was, it was like a locked window and then there was like a hatch and we were like looking around sort of back and forth for about five minutes and then Lewis just finds that key and the, this key was like, the key opened the hatch and then in the hatch was another key <laughs> which unlocked a ladder which we then had to find another key which unlocked the hatch which we put the ladder up to to get out onto the roof. Basically, yeah. And we then continued to climb up this like now outside the building up this metal ladder onto the top or out into the stairwell yeah. like the outdoor fire exit stairwell which obviously led to the roof and then <laughs> and then i just remember climbing up i think i was the last one to climb up we'd shut like the window and stuff behind us and bought the key out so it was locked we were all locked on the roof at this point mm-hmm. technically and you had the key as well yeah and i had the key and this woman just looks up through her, I think it was like her kitchen window. Yeah, it was like a little crack. It was like a little kitchen window, like a ventilation window, and just starts screaming. She thought we were like trying to enter her house through the roof or some shit and like burgle her house. And she was screaming. She was like, I don't know, she was just so stressed. Top of her lungs. Yeah. And when I tell you people, yeah, if you could imagine a mum screaming like their child's just been kidnapped in front of them, this woman was like wailing, like as loud. My ear was next to it and I thought I was about to burst my eardrums. Like it was actually a mad one. She was actually screaming through this window going, uh, no, stop. How dare you? Like, you can't go. We was like, we have permission to be on the roof. Like, <laughs> we've got permission. We've got, we've got an email. We'll show you it. And she's like crying screaming like being basically like so erratic going i want you to show me you like when you show me your face which obviously they were recording like and she was just like because she wasn't getting her own way and we was just being like nah and you know what as well we had kimbo of all people not to take on that route kimbo is the biggest most intimidating guy like i could possibly imagine like he is a big don and obviously i mentioned this in a previous thing and if they saw him it would have been game over for them for sure like and at that point we all had sort of different plans on what was best me and lewis thought oh we're just gonna quickly fuck it we'll go to the roof while me and kimbo deal with a woman so i i think i left you the key at that point and then me and lewis proceeded to the roof we went up the stairwell sort of just ran away giggling that this woman was just shouting at jordan and kimbo through the roof yeah as even jordan was like our liaison officer communicating with this woman while me and lewis went up to the roof i never got up that roof either i was so jealous i so didn't you climb back in and went down through the main building. Yeah, so it got to a point where this woman was clearly on the phone to the police and she was like super screaming. Like she was saying that 
mad things were happening. We were trying to like break in and stuff. So we was like, mate, I don't want to get like arrested because if she called the police like that, they would have definitely done something. So essentially me and Kimbo got the key off Toby. We went back through the hatch and me and Kimbo just basically got down and out and went out the main entrance. At this point, you guys went off and no one's better to say it than you. So what happened from your point of view? We left and got away fine. So me and Lewis were on the roof and we went up via this what was like an external stairwell that was like a fire exit obviously we couldn't access it from the bottom because it was locked off so we had to go in the building out and then into this stairwell but then we see this like two black what was they like garda civil cars yeah turn up. like the red and black ones basically they're just like worse than the police like people who just come and deal with you almost army like yeah so well, you saw, I saw them. You were still in the building. I was outside. Oh yeah, and you rang me and you was like... I rang and was like, Toby, mate, there's police literally entering the building. Like, you need to hide or run, basically. So at that point, me and Lewis went down this external stairwell and at the bottom of this stairwell, there was a lift, which I thought was just going to go into the building. I was like, right, Lewis, we can't go in that lift because it's going to put us right in front of them. We couldn't go back up to the roof because this woman was up there shouting, looking for us. And we couldn't go out this door because it would have opened right next to these yeah, it was beefy key. police officers. And I was like supplying Toby information while this was all going on. Like I was on the phone, hidden around the corner, watching all of the police and telling him where they were. And he was basically on the phone to me the whole time. And yeah, me and Lewis were just sat in dead silence in this stairwell. Like, what the fuck should we do? We were like, <laughs> we were just contemplating all of our choices. We must have been in there 25 minutes with Jordan popping his head around the corner every five minutes, giving us updates. Like, yeah trying to find a margin to leave and it just never happened there was i think four officers in total two stood outside the building on Literally the other side of this door. on the other side of this fire exit door that we were hiding behind and then two of them now in the building and mm-hmm. we we must have been in there what like half hour yeah probably longer than that yeah, if i'm honest like, like we were just 30 45 minutes sat there in dead silence just like what the fuck should we do and then it got to the point we'd sat there for so long and i knew what was going to happen they were going to try and like obviously find us because as far as they're aware we're all still hiding somewhere on the roof or in the building and then i look up these stairs that i'm sat on at the bottom and i just see big black boots coming down the <laughs> stairs <laughs> two pairs of big black boots and i'm just like no this is so peak because i can <laughs> i can hear people talking on the other side of the of the door that i'm sat against and then i look up and i can see two more people coming down i'm just in a big old police sandwich and then i was like right we've got to try this lift because we have no other choice. I take, I go in this lift with Lewis and I'm like, oh, the lift goes down. So we, we went down two floors just as this guy was getting to our floor. The doors closed and he's clocked. He like knows we're there. So we go down two floors and we come out into this building site. And at that point, Lewis is like, go this way. And I was like, no, Lewis, that's, that's the wrong way. It's the wrong way. <laughs> and I go another way into like a kind of an underground car park, but it wasn't finished. And it was just filled with Italian workers and builders and they all just sort of look at me like who's this kid with a massive camouflage (laughs) rucksack walking around in our building site I was just like oh I'm lost I'm lost and at that point they're like oh yeah come with me I'll show you the way out and they take me to the door that has the police on the other side I'm just like oh mate this is not an option this is not 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 good so I'm just like okay one sec mate and I just run <laughs> and I run so fast out of this random fire exit and it's like someone's parked in front of it and it like opens a crack. I shove my bag through and I then like squeeze myself through. I start climbing over all these mopeds and bonnets and vans <laughs> just trying to get away and I'm like about 15 metres down the street from this door where I can just see <laughs> these police officers and I'm just like, 
I don't know where the mm-hmm. fuck Lewis is. I don't know where the fuck I am, to be honest. <laughs> and I was just, I just had to get out of there. So I put my yeah. bag on. I just sprinted through the streets of Coma. Everyone was looking mm-hmm. at me like a fucking idiot. Like, mm-hmm. why is this kid just sprinting down the street? Yeah, trust. And then, yeah, Lewis got caught because <laughs> I said, Lewis, don't go that way. Go this way. Trust me. Trust me. And yeah, he got caught. Yeah, he, you split up. He ran straight into their arms. Mm-hmm. And I then met back up with Jordan and Kimbo. And basically, Lewis was phoning us like, I'm with the police. They're going to fuck me if you guys don't come back. <laughs> and if you know about <clears throat> Urbex Code, you don't go back. <laughs> yeah, like, you can't be going back. But basically, like, while he was, they were saying, like, on the phone to us, they called me. And obviously, like, I didn't talk on the phone because I didn't want to implicate myself. But they were like, if you don't come back, we're going to arrest him. Like, all this, all that. Lewis was getting pressured hard. Like, we ended up not going back because we're not, we're not melts. But, like, yeah, eventually they end up letting him go. Like, and they were pretty chill in the end. But it turns out, the building was like a government official building, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like accommodation for some government officials. And like, just to clear up as well on like the whole not going back thing, the whole reason the police say that is not to, not because they're actually going to do anything. They just want to fuck you all over the same rather than just one person. Like they obviously knew from the reports that there was four of us. And the fact that they'd only caught one of us probably just pissed them off a bit. And like, we knew that the same thing would have happened no matter how many of us were there exactly. or if any of us went back. So yeah, like, they're not going to, they're not going to like, like not charge you for something just because you didn't, because you come back. Do you know what I mean? Like if you, if they think you committed a crime, they still think you're going to be doing that crime. So basically we don't go back because it's a stupid idea. Yeah. And they wouldn't give Lewis four times the punishment just because the other three of us yeah, weren't there. Exactly. Like, like it's, it's impossible. So if you ever get pressured by the police for some reason about coming back or your friend's going to get a worse punishment, don't listen to them because you will just get yourself in the same dead boat just put yourself but put your phone in airplane mode and just lay low yeah speaking of boats it leads leads us on to our next story and just a quick disclaimer for this little story there were no damages to any boats in the making of this podcast and there was that no theft or loss of boat or anything in the making of this podcast right so let's just get into it so we're at Lake Como again, same place. Like this it was, was the, the next, next day, morning, yeah. next morning. We basically were going for a little walk down a little dockyard area, like a little chill one. Um, we just so happened to stumble across this beautiful little boat. Like it was, it was purring, like it was a nice. nice little dinghy, a little little a little wooden boat with a big motor on the back, and as if by the magic of God, there was this little sparkling silver thing in the ignition. And what was it? Basically, we found this fucking little dinghy. <laughs> with a like a big engine on the back it wasn't like a small out this lake was massive like it had quite a big outboard motor on the back with just the key sitting in there and i was just like nah it's too good to be true i go over i turn the key starts right up i'm just like no way no way i'm like it's got a hole in it or something like it's a death trap. why would they leave a key in it yeah so at that point i'm like you know what? I'm in the middle of Italy. This is probably the most beautiful lake I've ever been to. Jordan, come get in this boat right now. I told you he was gonna get your sea legs in it. Like we was gonna, we was getting your sea legs for you on that trip. Yeah, for real. Like fucking. So we got into the boat. We had to like unwind this winch, and we like slowly winched it back into the water. Jordan was sat in the boat. I, I jumped in, and basically, I know how to. It sounds like easy, but driving a dinghy like that and the way it had the steering set up as well is actually not not so easy yeah. and my friend who lives on a narrow boat actually had a little dinghy and we was ragging it about in the summer and i just sort of picked up how to drive it and use it so yeah i already had some experience on like the use of the boat and the engine and the steering setup <laughs> so 
about five minutes after that, me and Jordan are ragging this boat <laughs> through the middle of Lake Como. <laughs> Unreal, by the max way. speed, doing up turns. We were like just having the best time of our lives. It was like we'd woke up for sunrise and it was just a most beautiful experience. Probably one of the most serene experiences I've ever had. Yeah, literally just in the middle of this massive lake surrounded by mountains. And at this point, me and Jordan were the only two people awake. Kimbo and Lewis were still in their hammocks. <laughs> On the front of the water. That's yeah, an like, important bit We found a water, waterfront hammock spot that night and it was just the most beautiful thing. But yeah, yeah. so Kimbo and Lewis were woken up to me and Jordan going about probably 30 mile an hour on this little dinghy through Lake Como, like screaming that we're just so gassed. Because I called him in it and I was like, Kimbo, get up a sec and go stand by the edge of the water. And we'd like come round the corner and he just hears like a getting louder and louder, then land ahoy and me and Toby come whipping round the corner on this boat. And like we chucked a fat U-turn and like the waves, we were going so fast that the waves of our own wake were like nearly capsized our boat and we had to like bear turn slow and like it was just such a jokes experience yeah, you were loving it G. i was like yo should we take the boat back and you went nah let's just whiff it and i was like all right bless. the only thing was like if it ran out of petrol yeah that would have been oh, so man. peak i didn't even think about that would have been game over hand paddles Ugh. nah i'm good you know but yeah that was jokes man like we we ended up having it for like a good like 45 minutes didn't we in total, yeah we, we took everyone out on their individual yeah, little we boat trips up. we did little tours of lake como i'm not gonna jokes. lie getting kimbo in that boat was boogie yeah like <laughs> kimbo's like a, a large amount of kilos so it was like it was one of them ones but yeah that was pretty much the story of the boat it was just a sick experience if you want to see the clips from that they're on my instagram so if you want to go look over there again it's at housey h-o-w-e-s-y dot underscore Chill. what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate what about selling with shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Right. Moving on to the proper and main story of this podcast. And I'm just going to say the title because people know the title anyway. I'm currently sat next to the people who climbed Big Ben. Probably the only people to do it ever. I don't have much say in this. I wasn't there. So I'm just going to let Toby and our new guest, Elle, who I'm about to introduce in just a moment, tell their little story about how they ended up climbing Big Ben and got themselves into a pretty sticky situation. So, Elle, hello. How are you doing? Hello, I'm pretty good, thank you. How are you guys doing? Yeah. Um, yeah happy good. to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no um, worries. If been, you, 
Sorry, go on. I was saying, I've been trying really hard not to laugh in the back there. Yeah, literally, honestly. If you hear any, like, scuffling in the background, Elle's been chilling, trying not to absolutely crease the whole time. But but introduce yourself. Where are you from? What's what's going on? What's good? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm from a place called St. Nits. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, pretty calm. Just pretty, pretty calm. growing up in the same same location, same stuff. Same. Yeah. You've pretty much been in Urbex for quite a while as well, haven't you? You've done stuff with Toby here and there. Yeah, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah, standard. Um, and they'll actually come on our trip to Austria, which we'll be going through in a little while. But yeah, so we've actually, we've been on a few things together, earned a few gold stars together and stuff. So yeah, so with the Big Ben story, I'm going to let you take it away. Toby, feel free mm. to start. Yeah, so firstly, the first thing to clarify is that saying we climb Big Ben is a bit bold because we tried to climb Big Ben, nearly got shot <laughs> and ended up in a lot of police trouble. But it, it's a joke story and like just to share it with obviously all of you guys is just, such a blessed thing because it's so funny and like everyone deserves to hear this but so it all started with a simple idea which was actually ellen's idea bit of a stupid one really ellen's stupid idea and um yeah we was we were sort of scheming it for quite a while we like mentioned it we'd be in london we'd be like right one day one day we need to do that (laughs) we'd look it we'd scout it numerous occasions like find our way in our way out like security obviously police presence being as it's part of parliament and um yeah like it got to the the day we was doing it we planned to do it on this particular day i think it was about 10 o'clock wasn't it no it was closer to midnight was it? by the time we actually did it i think it's about 10 o'clock we were, we were like oh what should we do tonight oh let's go to london and climb big ben 10 o'clock mate i would have been like 4 a.m vibes on that no we did it we did it like around by the time we actually got to london got to london we'd like scoped it out made sure it was all still saying the same thing because at the time we were trying to do it someone had climbed up on the fence uh at a re- recent protest i think someone actually got up there and hung a, a banner up there i think it was extinction rebellion I swear yeah they did a better job than us <laughs> fair <laughs> enough they smashed it they're not even urbex yeah like that. just a good old protest but yeah so at the time we were doing it we'd waited a while since then because obviously the heat of the security the amount of security on this particular climb was just immense after the amount of shit that had been going down in parliament like around the time so yeah we i say it's easy as that we we hopped over the fence <laughs> which was big the, old spiky fence yeah a, a big <laughs> spiky fence and we made our way down like we went over and then we we went down a few sort of floors i'd say a few yeah, floors it's a bit of a drop yeah and then we got to like the bottom of the scaffolding and we were greeted with like we knew what we were greeted with because we'd, we'd scouted it quite a lot and it was just this big sheer metal fence like <laughs> so we started making our way up like we got to the scaffolding i think was you first or? yeah i was, I was scoping yeah. it first ellen yeah. ellen was up front and then i think harry we, we did it three man strong me ellen and my friend harry um and our friend chris was filming it for us <laughs> what, chris chris uh, no nah. uh, you don't oh, know him okay. but funny guy oh, okay <laughs> the guy he didn't who's... fancy doing it somehow I yeah think he's i mean a bit more sensible. i understand i completely get that i mean i wouldn't want to either but... <laughs> the guy whose floor we slept on that night so he missed our train <laughs> yeah Peak one. but yeah so ellen was up front i was last i think and harry was second and we made our onto the scaffolding. We were being so quiet. We were, like taking it slow. We'd probably been in there like maybe five, ten minutes, just lurking. Yeah, we we should have probably uh, acted a bit quicker. Maybe would have got up a bit further. But yeah, so we got onto the scaffolding and we started climbing up. And we must have got like maybe a third of the way, like just over a third. That's measly. 
No, but in comparison to the whole thing, like the sensors, and we had to climb around so much shit, and like just looking at all the stuff going on, my brain was just frying. Like sensor there, camera there, sensor there, camera there. Like yeah, it was so hot. I wonder why. Hmm. It wasn't too long before we all of a sudden just heard a load of fucking shouting and screaming, like, fucking, fucking this, fucking that, all these fucking policemen with their lasers <laughs> pointing at us. Yeah, lasers? Yeah, literally. Is it like actually in the movies, like proper lasers? Like, is it a mad thing? I didn't actually notice any lasers. It was actually Toby earlier today uh, telling me about them. I was like, fucking, I didn't notice them. I just fucking down. got literally, out of there. When, as soon as we heard the shouting and we, we turned around, we just see guns. We just yeah. see, uh, we wow. see big old balls. We see masses of guns just pointing at our way with people shouting and obviously like they see three people in dark clothes dark clothing with bags well actually i only had my camera bag for that reason i didn't yeah, want to have a, chilling i didn't want to have a big old rucksack so same with ellen but like they were just shouting they were <laughs> screaming, screaming at us like get down now like they were saying so many different things it was oh. like some guy was shouting don't move some guy was shouting get down now and i just I, they just zoned out that's mad you know because from my knowledge of like the police and the armed police and the army, like they normally have spiels they have to say, like certain yeah. things. Like, I feel like they were they so panicked, so yeah. worried that like, there's fucking terrorists yeah, about they to blow up they parliament. Were about to get fired, do you yeah. know what I mean? Literally, like, like they thought we were about to do some boogie shit when we we're just trying to climb and take some shitty photos. <laughs> yeah, literally, that's mental. So you just had red dots on you. Literally, I looked down and Ellen and Harry, we was like all sort of side by side, were dropping like sort of not scrambling, but. We were rushing. We were like, just wanted to get out. And um, Ellen and Harry have taken this drop down this big metal thing. And I just see these guns with like these, you can, you know how on like a misty day, you see like, the line. if you have a laser pen, you can see that line. Like, <sighs> that's what I see. It's just like that. Bears. And you're telling me you run. Yeah. I ran for my what? fucking life. Mate, but I didn't, I didn't look fan- back. The thought of them coming up to me, making me get down on my hands and knees and then, putting a knee in my back yeah you would have got roughed up as well yeah fuck that i had to get out all three of us got out and all three of us got the exact same injury whilst leaving basically this fence like fucking say about the fence it's <laughs> funny basically the big spiky fence i said about earlier um was pretty spiky and we all running scrambling out to get over this fucking wall and then climb over the fence to get out and as we all climb out we just stab it straight oh. through the exact same position on all three of our feet and then fucking it's like breadcrumbs in blood it yeah was literally and then we've obviously got to run away um but because of our big spike spikes in our feet we're hobbling across the road trying to like get out like look like we haven't done anything toby's like helping me run like we're just yeah, sprinting into the river i was actually last out so i saw harry go over and he was like oh fuck my foot and then i see ellen go over and she was like oh fuck my foot and i'm like all oh, right okay there's a bit of a pattern here so i climb up and i'm just like at the same time, I, I know that there's a spike there. It's like, oh, a measly spike or a fucking AR-15. It's like... Yeah, you So whapped. I hopped over real quick, put the spike in my foot, but not so bad. So the fact I could still run as fast as I could. Went and picked Ellen, Ellen up real quick and like ran across the road uh, to where we were like... I wouldn't even say chilling because we were just stressed. We knew that as soon as we were out, they were going to track us and we just, we just get pulled up on and rushed. Yeah, because that's no joke. Like That's not something small. To They're be not doing. just going to let it go once they know you've left. Like It's not that sort of thing. So yeah, I help Ellen across to like the embankment side where Harry and Chris are. And um, at that point, I crossed the road because I know some shit's about to go down. But uh, yeah, I was like... I'm not exactly going to run away from these police. I see this police car, like, like sort of pretty quickly going past the river. And I'm like, how the fuck am I going to get away? So instead, I was just like, you know what? I'll just get my phone out, start taking photos of the London Eye. So uh, the police came straight past, 
don't even see that I'm like, obviously don't think that I'm the person who's climbed Big Ben. Walk straight past me, run straight for like Chris and Harry and grab them. I wouldn't look at you and think you're the person who would climb Big Ben. Nah, I get away with things. Fair. Yeah, it's quite good to be fair. It's in your favour for sure. Mm. That's meant. How did you feel? What did they say when they approached you? Uh, I mean, as I said, they didn't actually approach me. Um, I got away with it for ages. I was just oh. standing there, and then Toby even came across to me and started looking like he was with me. Mm. And uh, there was just these like policemen chatting to, well, grabbing and chatting to uh, Chris and Harry. And I'm kind of there, like, how the fuck have they not noticed me? How is this working? And you just completely got away. Yeah, yeah com- well, I completely got away. Well. Um, until I kind of was like, you know what? I've done this as well. Um, I'm not going to uh, lie. And this is I'm the not, point where I'm not I gonna crossed leave. the road. Yeah, Toby's like, oh, I'm not fucking waiting. <laughs> I sprinted from Westminster to King's Cross. And by the time I got to King's Cross, it was about, I don't know, half 12 at night. Ran all the way to King's yeah, Cross. Yeah, I literally jogged the whole way there. Like, like the morning shift yeah. or evening shift. Well, morning, literally, early morning. I sprinted. I got there and I was just about to get on my last train. And I got a phone call from the police Oh, trust me, I I tried really hard to not get Toby and shit, but it was uh they obviously they were doing the thing, you know, get your friend back or else we'll arrest you all. And uh, yeah, I'm course. like, nah, I'm not buying it. I don't actually have Toby's number. Of course I did, but I was but, just saying that. Um, but I think they kind of put a bit of pressure on us, and Chris was like, oh fuck's sake, Ellen, just fucking, yeah. just hard fucking get him down here. Chris took my phone off me and started calling him. <laughs> Basically, I'm not gonna lie, I was more than ready to leave all of them, but my friend Chris, who I was with, who didn't climb it. I left my wallet in his bag. All I wanted on me was my camera oh, and my yeah, phone. That was you it. Stole it. Yeah. So pretty much he stole it. Yeah. Exactly that. Like I got a phone call from the police saying we have your provisional license. We know your address, your name. If you don't come back right now, we will come and get you from your house. And obviously, like my parents are at home. Like you know what I mean. I don't want big old police coming and smashing down my door at two in the morning. By the time I actually got home, <laughs> so. I just thought, you know what, I'm going to go back. But I'd ran so far. It must have been 35 minutes. Like, probably, no, nah, probably like a 20 minute run. And I was like, I'm not running back to go and talk to the police because I, I was not motivated to talk to the police. I was motivated to get away and go home. So, yeah, I don't even have my wallet on me because it's in my friend's bag. And I had to jump on the back of a bus. So I'm hanging on the back of this bus, heading back towards Big Ben. He told the police he was getting a taxi. Yeah, I told the police I was getting a taxi where I'm actually hanging on the back of a bus from King's Cross back to them, where the police were actually calm. Like, they didn't put us in hand... Well, they put Harry and Chris in handcuffs. (laughs) No, it was me and Harry, I think. Um, We kept putting our hands in our pockets and the guy was like, if you do that one more time, we're going to put you in handcuffs. And it's just a natural reaction. Yeah, you naturally put your hands over. You know, I didn't feel that much pressure. I know they're not going to do anything too serious, but... uh, yeah, just fucking put us both in handcuffs. and. So I get back and there's just two big armed response units. Those three are just sat on the wall looking sorry for themselves. <laughs> like I, naughty school children. I would love to be a fly on that wall, man. And I yeah. just I just rock up and I'm like, oh, you're, you're right, lads. <laughs> like, And they, they were bare angry at me, obviously, because I got away from potentially like probably one of the peakest things you can you can trespass in in London. I think it is the peakest. Yeah. Like, it is one, I, I would say it is the peakest in London. And like the fact that I just got away and I was ready to jump on my train home, and the only reason that I got caught was the fact that I left my ID in my friend's bag was such a peak one. It was the worst thing. And like, then yeah, by that time we all like got processed and released. We went back to Chris's because he was a uni student in London, and 
I don't know, what time did we get back there? We got like night buses and shit. It was late, yeah, a lot of night buses. Like it was like what, 3 a.m. probably? Something like that. And we just planned we was gonna go home first train tomorrow morning. So oh yeah, we got we got there at like three and then we woke up again at five. Yeah, probably get... only had like an, an hour sleep or something. Yeah, not even on the floor of a uni <laughs> a shared uni building. And then we got what, like the first train home? Yeah. Like, we got home. I remember I walked in my door uh, the next day at like nine AM. No, I think eight AM and I walk upstairs, I get into my bed. <laughs> <laughs> so we've all, yeah, we've all got home. It's like 8 a.m. Two hours later, 10 a.m., I get a phone call. From the fucking police. Eh? From the police. You have to be in Charing Cross Police <laughs> Station for 1 p.m. to do an involuntary interview. So basically, we have to be there or they're going to come and get us. So <sighs> we're running on two hours sleep, if that. Mm. We then have to all... Well, meet, meet back up. Me and Harry were in bed at the time when we got the phone call, literally like just about getting to sleep. And uh, we get a phone call from, I think, Toby first saying, oh, have you had the phone call from the police? And we're like, like no, like uh-huh. hanging up. Can we go back to sleep? Then we get a phone call from Chris and uh, he's saying the exact same thing. And I'm like, Harry, I'm just going to turn my phone off. We're not going back there. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you turn your phone off? I did for ages, but um, Chris kept call- calling one of us and was just like... Mm, he was just getting stressed about it. Yeah, I'm not surprised like, I'd be Get insane. back in. It's like, fair enough. Mm-hmm. They would have turned up your house otherwise, literally, Mm. simple as that. So I guess one way or another, innit? Yeah, so literally it was like, what, 10am, we'd got back up, we managed to drag ourselves out of bed, back to the train station, (laughs) and we we hopped on this train to Charing Cross, where we got there like a little bit late, but then they made us wait around for like three hours no, for an interview. It was like five fucking hours. Just hurry up and wait. That's how yeah. all of like the services they literally. They longed us out so much. It was pre-peak times. I'm not surprised. The thing is, they would have had to get you in because they knew otherwise you'd try and get your story straight if it was an actual crime. So it's like they have to get you into that interview as soon as possible. Yeah, well, they, they uh, longed it out pre was you together, like, in the room before you went in? Yeah, yeah we were just what? chilling. Oh, we, you, you know the fucking like, worst terrorists. part is... Or was it this time, was it, when we went back later when we were no, just getting drunk on the train? And we got there and we were both, <laughs> both fucked. Like, I'm pretty sure other things were being done, you know. Like, it was, it was a bit of a messy one going down there. Um, yeah, yeah, not good. It's not good to be a bit drunk at the police station. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's worse places to be drunk, but also not better at the mm. same time. That's pretty mad. So, like... Was you, was this like one of the scariest experiences for both of you? Like on terms of your list of like one to ten scariest experiences, where are you? Where are you ranking it? I thought I was gonna get shot, so <laughs> I'm gonna put that up there with like definitely the scariest police experience I've had. Like mm. I've had obviously scary experiences climbing, like not even necessarily me, but I've seen other people have close calls, and that's personally been scary for me. But like as far as police experiences go, having guns pointed at me and just people screaming is definitely the worst police experience. Yeah. What about you, El? Um, yeah, I mean, it was... I wouldn't say it was... I don't really find things too scary. I kind of just get on with it. I thought it was You're kind just of... Chilling, just chilling, is it? Just chilling, yeah. I thought it was quite Light funny. Work. But um, I forgot to mention earlier, when we were chatting to the police before Toby got there, um, they were saying how all the police, like, you know, they took their guns off safety. They had to have, like, gun dogs go back and look for bombs and stuff Swear. like this. Yeah, it was a pretty serious matter. Um, yeah, that's mad. But I still... I don't know. It is what it is. It was quite funny. Yeah, Toby, didn't you say that like they like listed things to you of things that you could have done to get you killed? Yeah, like in the interview, they were saying five seconds like was the margin between us getting down and us getting shot. Like they said, one more step up, like one more step in any other direction than down would have ended up all three of us getting shot. And like I don't know, just I don't. They could just say that, you know. Like at this point, it was the next day. We were sat in an interview room, but. 
I don't suppose they can lie about shit like that. They were saying that they'd had all of the police officers that were there had had orders to take their guns off of safety, point them at us. Obviously not with intent to kill, I guess, but... If they shoot, they shoot to kill. There's no orders in the UK with shooting people where you're not allowed to shoot them to kill them. You shoot for centre mass. Okay, so we was about to get shot and killed and then, like, yeah. No such thing as shooting anyone in the legs. It's aim for centre mass and that's it. (laughs) Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant news. Just to let you know in case you ever try it again. Uh, One day I will. I'm hoping that I'll... uh, Really? Yeah, base jump off the top is my plan. Ugh. Of Big Ben. It's got to be done, hasn't it, really? It'll be finished in a little while. Oh, just... uh, I'm sure You're going to have to free climb it. Maybe I'll be (laughs) 90 years old before they need a new paint job. (laughs) He's a cool guy. Yeah, could you imagine? That'd be so sick. So... I mean, that's just mental, isn't it? Like, there are other little details you wanted to mention, or is that, like, the whole shebang? Because that's mental, isn't it? Well, basically, at the end of the day, we all ended up with what is technically a terrorism caution, (laughs) which is not, like, it's not a criminal... It's not on our criminal record or anything, but the caution that we were issued was... uh, It was the... It was, like, some bullshit section of serious (laughs) organised crimes, and, like, the guy guy who was issuing it to us was, like, some big police officer and he was like intimidating guy yeah ba- a knob. yeah he was a prick <laughs> yeah <I bet. laughs> if you're listening bet. to this right now you're, you're a, a prick <laughs> fuck you mate yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so we ended up with what was basically a terrorism caution so light work like yeah to be fair considering you tried doing that and if you did have malintentions you probably could have got away with it if you were to go back now what would you change like, is there anything you would have changed about I it i think should have planned it a bit more maybe yeah. um Aim for a different yeah, like, angle like, of the building. I've looked at other ways of access onto that scaffolding and it involves literally going over the top of Parliament. Like, Which probably would have been less bait because you're not on the main kind of bit. We yeah. kind of did the main clock phase. Like, we should have... Uh... My my podcast can get blacklisted after this. <laughs> Just to clarify, we're not going to try it again. Well, I say we, they're not going to try it again and I'm most certainly not going to be doing it because I like my life, so... Don't climb Big Ben. If you're an Urbexer and you're listening to this, that's not something to aspire to. Other stuff, maybe. This, no, don't do it. You might get shot. And you will die. Like, simple as that. So, talking about you guys and police, we're now going to introduce a fourth guest. This is unprecedented. Harry, how are you doing? All right, guys. My name's Harry. How's it going? Nice to meet you, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've met before, obviously. Um, Harry's a good friend of Ellen and, and all of us, really, and we've been travelling quite a bit, but... Um, they're now going to be telling you a little story about another little police interaction, so have it out. Yeah, it was cool, actually. We were just, uh, we, we, we were camping in Austria, and uh, we are near the train, uh, near the airport, and uh, the, all, all the others were in uh, inside in the airport, just sleeping on the floor, and me and Ellen were out in the hammocks, so it was, it was pretty cold, it was. Pretty but, fucking cold. Yeah, it was, it was a chilly night. Mate, it was a so very chilly. Yeah, a very chilly night. And uh, probably about, we, we, we got to sleep, Pretty late, like four o'clock sort of thing. Um, this is the morning that we missed our flight home as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true, actually. That is a sore turnout. Didn't, yeah. you, miss two, didn't you guys miss two flights in a row two days on the trot? Um, yeah, sure. yeah, it was. And then on the third one, we had to pay a £50 fine because uh, or a- a- extra because we didn't, forgot to check in. So that, <laughs> yeah, that, that is it. a rookie yeah, mistake. That was a rookie uh, mistake. Cheap flights anyway, so it's yeah, all right. Not too bad. Uh, anyway, we're in like a we're just chilling in our hammocks and uh, we got woken on this up. bridge. Yeah, on this <laughs> bridge right next to the airport, and uh, we get like a banging on the on the railings next to us, and it's just like seven German police officers. <laughs> they're <laughs> all lurking. the uh, they yeah. like airport police uh, that patrol the airport, and like we've got in trouble with them a few times this trip. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we did, we, we were just sleeping in the hammocks. Uh, uh, just like ch- chatting outside, sort of thing. And uh, in the end, we like p- packing up our hammocks slowly, sort of thing. They're like ch- trying to chat to us. 
and uh, we get out and they're like trying to just to take our passport details and all of that rubbish. But. Yeah, all the same shit as usual. It's pretty funny though because uh, yeah, we're just sleeping in there and they're all just like trying to get in for ages. They can't like they had to get someone to get yeah, the key they, for the door. Did and, they get like, the key in the end? Yeah, it took them ages. They, I think yeah. they were out there for. I just kept going back to sleep yeah, whilst they were yeah, trying to come in. I was sleezing. like, oh, I'll ignore them while they're from, out there. From our point of view, me and Toby obviously like saw them over at you and we saw the van pull up and then we saw them going up the stairs over to you guys and like banging on the door and we were like are they just asleep like sleeping through them shouting and that they were trying to climb around and everything yeah, yeah. They, they were they were we, we were just chilling in the hammocks for ages and they were just, just like walking up and down sort of thing but yeah it's good yeah it's pretty funny we didn't they didn't do anything they're pretty calm to be fair they were just kind of like how did you get in there? Why are you in there? And they're like, yeah, aren't they you cold? Confused, yeah. <laughs> like, yes, I am pretty cold. Fair. Yeah, that was pretty jokes to be fair. But yeah, that was just like a little side anecdote. So thank you, Harry, for joining that. Would yeah, you like to plug cool. your social media or anything? Uh, Yeah, just Harry underscore Driscoll, if you want it. He doesn't Chilling. use it. It's all uh, right. Fair enough. <laughs> it's there anyway. It's there anyway. Well, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you for no coming biggie. on. While we're on the topic of saying goodbye to our guest, Elle, this is pretty much where we come to a natural part. So feel free to plug your social media. Thanks so much for coming on today. Oh, nice one. Thanks for having me. Um, Social media. uh, I've got open underscore eyes underscore photography underscore. Chillin'. Bit of a long one, really. Nah, it's calm. Stylish. But uh, I've been slacking recently. I'm going to try and get some more shit out there yeah absolutely get share my it. stories absolutely for sure yeah but thank you so much for coming on it's been really interesting having you on and telling that story yeah thanks very much no take problem. it easy thank you so much right i'll see you very soon so to end the podcast i say end we've still got a little while left i'm gonna be asking toby a few more questions just off the cuff like little little short questions about a few experiences and let's just see how that goes so i'm pretty much gonna fire away and just answer as you wish yeah i right, go for it okay um so what are your experience with police the best and the worst the worst experiences with police is not even big ben because at the end of the day i'll respect police when they're simply doing their job and they're not over dramatizing things they're not just they're not just being pricks you know like <laughs> i've had experiences with police where it's been a minor incident like no not even a crime has been committed and they've just decided that today is just the day that they pick on you but then I've also had experiences with the police where I've been doing really peak shit where I could have gotten a lot of trouble and I've got away with it like near enough scot-free. So it's it's all just dependent on like the officer. Yeah, fully. It is dependent on the officer. And I found out like as a rule of thumb, older police officers, dickheads. They're traditional, <laughs> aren't they? Like in their time when they were younger, they could like take you in the back of the black van and give you a bit of a roughing up. But yeah, nowadays like, they can't. Somewhere around the corner with no cameras and fucking... Make you learn your lesson the hard way. <laughs> yeah, same with foreign police. A big old Spanish man beat me up when I was... Oh, yeah. Actually, no. The peakest experience I've ever had with police has been abroad. Corrupt Spanish police can suck my dick. Yeah, they're actually peak. Like Spain's really bad for it. If you've been on holiday to Spain, you know that sometimes the police with British people are really, like, prejudiced about like where we are and that, so it's mad. Yeah, like, I would say, personally, my worst police experience, me, Jordan, Kimbo and Adam were in Gran Canaria hammocked up on the beach at like midday we weren't sleeping there we weren't doing anything we were all just sitting in our hammocks and this police this wannabe police officer like general pulls up on his little moped (laughs) thinking he's a dog's bollocks walks over to us tells us to put our hammocks down we're like no stress like we start taking our hammocks down i just thought it was a bit joke so i whip my phone out and i take a few pictures of us all like putting our hammocks down while this guy's just standing there with his arms crossed thinking he's cool like and um he just clocks me and he comes over to me he snatches my phone out of my hand and I'm just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, you like, know it's game over then. Like, he's like, passport, passport. I'm like, oh, for real, man. Like, come on. He's like, fucking passport. Like, starts shouting at me so <laughs> loud. Like, 
And um, he takes my phone and my passport and he walks back over to his little bike. He sets it down on the seat and I'm just sort of stood there barefoot because we're just chilling on the beach. like. And this guy just got my phone and my passport and I like grab my phone. I pick it back up and he's just like, starts shouting at me. He was fuming. Yeah, he was so angry, like for no reason whatsoever. Like I pick my phone up. He takes it straight back off me, puts it down. He takes a picture of my passport I hate that. You know when Yeah, like, when they take them photos. When foreign police just take your passport and they just whip out a mobile phone and snap a picture of it. It's so illegal it. in this country. Like, it's against so many data regulation laws here and there. They're just allowed to have personal photos of your address, like everything. Like They're literally allowed to do whatever they want with yeah, it. Yeah, literally just on a smartphone and they just take a picture of your passport just like that. And It's so peak, but yeah. yeah it's, it's like it's peak for your like, privacy. Like, imagine if someone stole their phone and now has data off everyone's passports. Like, it's mad, but they're allowed to do it because they're corrupt and they just get away whatever they want. But yeah, so... This guy who took my phone, he he, I'm just standing there next to his bike while he takes a picture of my passport, does whatever he wants to do, and then he comes over to me with my phone in his hand and my passport, and he stand, he's got like these big fucking steel toe cap boots, and I'm barefoot because we were just chilling, like I said, on the beach, and he comes up to me and he stands on my toe, like deliberately stands on my toe, leans into me, so obviously I can't go anywhere because his cunt's like got all of his weight down on my foot, and he just leans into me and he goes this is not the UK, this is Spain. I'm like, all right, bro, get off my foot. And he's like, just puts more weight down, like bare pressure in it. Like, And I'm just laughing at him because in situations like that, I don't know what to do other than laugh. So I just laugh in his face. He gets my phone, he launches it down these concrete stairs, like, and just says to me, like, this is not the UK, this is Spain. And he just says, like, he pushes me, he turns me around and pushes me away. Like, I nearly fall down these stairs. But I just look back at him and I laugh and I'm just like, what a prick like i've never dealt with any level of corruption like that at all and i don't know yeah i'll just say it was a really shitty experience because i never realized that that's how bad it could be until and you feel hopeless as well in it so you can't do anything you can't complain you can't go against them because you'll get baton yeah literally he's standing there with baton in his hand like he oh yeah because he'd got the he got the baton yeah, out and he, he started he poking it on my ass i was <laughs> naked in my hammock man <laughs> oh shit yeah fingering me with it yeah me and jordan were laying there butt naked in our hammocks <laughs> <laughs> and he comes over like this was at the start and he comes over with his like what's it like telescopic baton and just starts prodding it around yeah like at my bum like literally poking my bum on with this baton like he was getting foreplay in that like and mad. like the fact that we had to like get some fucking clothes back on before we got out the hammock Gee, as well he opened it and saw the queen's jewels he opened my <laughs> hammock and was bare confused my todger was just on my leg yeah like we were just chilling listening to some music and that like it was a hot day and he comes over and just yeah he just took his job way yeah. too seriously peak, and just peak security uh, absolute peak prick yeah i mean have you ever had like have you got any notable experiences with good police? I, mean, I know we have good experiences, but we normally note down the bad ones compared to the good. Have you ever met any nice police officers that you want to shout out on it? All right, okay. <laughs> I mean, the chances of you listening right now, but if you were the police officer that caught me and my mate on the top of Peterborough Jib, climbed over the fence with us and was like just an absolute G, then I love you so much with all my heart because that guy was so sick. We climbed... <laughs> it, was a, it was about a year ago. I don't know what I was thinking. It was like the middle of summer. Me and my friend, uh, Tom, we climbed this... Like It's probably one of the biggest cranes in like Cambridgeshire area. Like It's in Peterborough, but around my area, it's, it's a pretty big crane. It's got like a big vertical jib. And I'd hit it like multiple times before, like quite a few times i think it was the first jib i ever climbed actually and um yeah we'd we'd done it we'd done the full jib in the middle of the day and we sat up on the basket and we just see police rock up we're just like it was inevitable like 
the park opposite was packed. So many people were waving at us, and we were just we were loving it. I said waving. Yeah, we were just loving it. It was such a sick time. It was just a hot day. I'm pretty sure we were munching up there. It was just jokes. Doing up like Jaffa cakes. And then, yeah, we just see these police cars. I think it was two cars. They surrounded the site. like, And there was this one guy, this ginger guy, <laughs> shouting so loud. He, he must was, have been fuming. Like, he was just pu- he was kind of pulling his head up over the fence because he couldn't get over, just shouting, and then going back down when his arms got tired. And he was doing that on repeat for about five minutes while me and Tom were just laughing at him like... We didn't make it any better for ourselves, to be fair, but he shouldn't have, shouldn't have been such a fucking prick. Yeah, but that's calm. That other guy was nice. Yeah. yeah, and then there was this guy. He hopped over the fence and he come and spoke to us. He took our deeds and he was like, look, boys, show me your photos. Like, I respect what you're doing, but obviously I'm here doing my job. You're here doing your thing, but just fucking get out of here and we'll we'll leave it at that and he hops back over the fence with us and he's like right let's see who can get over the fence quickest like he was an absolute <laughs> g and oh, um, he had like all of his heavy gear on he was like oh yeah i would have beat like, we was just having a right laugh and joke with him he's like oh i would have got over there 10 times quicker if i didn't have all this shit on me and he was just like yeah, ratings like before his manager come like because they were around the other side of the building site like he was like a I know he was like a sergeant, but then there was like before the guy who's in charge of me comes i'm just gonna quickly do this and then you're gonna go so you don't get in any more trouble and he just let us go and he was like just oh, as a really nice guy so yeah. yeah that's so sick no there are people like that as well like a lot of a lot of people like tell bad stories about police especially surrounding urbex but we do get nice ones as well so like i said on my previous podcast we don't hate the police we have good bad experiences but we normally tell the bad because they're more entertaining but shout out to the non-corrupt police officers out there who are actually doing their duty so big love to you but yeah thank you for that toby next little question for you um just like when I say this question, I need like the first sort of thing that comes in your head. Best climbing slash traveling experience. Short story, go. Costa Rica. I lived in Costa Rica oh. for a month with like a indigenous tribe and it was literally life changing seeing the the way that different people live in like a completely different part of the world. Like I've traveled a lot of Europe, but Costa Rica was beautiful. I met some amazing people. Like I did some unforgettable things. I got my scuba diving license and yeah, just living in the thick of the jungle with like some tribal people that just live off what they have. And yeah, it was just life changing. Yeah, that's sick, man. No, I honestly appreciate that. And obviously you got given a good opportunity while you could, so you took it and that's sick. Um, Yeah, I really like that. So Obviously, we've done pretty much all of your past and present life. So the only thing really left to ask is what what are your plans for the future? Like, what's good with you? What's going on? As far as the future goes, I just want to say that I'm not focused on money. I, I know that money is essential. Like, I wish that it wasn't, but everyone needs money. But I feel like I could be smarter with it. I want to move out into a van, try to be as sustainable as possible, make money as I travel. And yeah, just do things on my own accord live off my own back like and just make sure that i'm happy within myself no matter how much money i have and yeah just travel the world live in a van surfboards on the roof it's just a whole vibe (laughs) yeah a whole whole vibe that's sick man i really i think that's sick that's like a a good aspiration to have and it's definitely quite inspiring to some people on here as well who are thinking they don't really know what they want to do and you can do this sort of thing like you can go out and and live this life that we do live and it is attainable so as long as you keep working hard and keep going for it like you'll get there for sure especially with you as well like i know you're gonna make it yeah like for real um i left school at 15 I went to Paris with my friends. I went back. I got my GCSEs. Like, don't get me wrong, yeah. GCSEs are important. Stay in school. <laughs> but at the same time, fuck school. Go traveling and do the most of your time because you're never going to get time back. Money is always going to return. But 
time is the most valuable thing so just make the most of it while you can yeah so fair i mean you basically answered my last question which was basically like what advice would you have for people who might be young people impressionable people even anyone of any age if you're impressionable and you're thinking about what you're doing so what like give a couple of key toby tips for the podcast yeah literally that and just remember that you don't need money to travel like i've traveled a country for a week on probably 50 pounds including flights like you get some good Ryanair deals you can get some 20 pound return flights get yourself a hammock sleep in your hammock and just eat shitty supermarket food I know it sounds shit but you'll make the best memories and it's just doing stuff like that with your time is so much better than staying at home working a nine to five and yeah you've got money in the bank but you don't actually have anything to show for it other than money like go out and make memories and just try focus on yourself more than anything like make sure that you're happy if you just want to make shit tons of money and spend it on whatever like but i would just say make sure that you're going to remember what you're doing when you're old and you're gonna you're gonna die one day like it's the whole name of this podcast you are gonna die so make sure that you don't die regretting things just make sure you've lived everything to the most and just reach it yeah just do your thing 100% look all of these like minds this is exactly what I've been preaching to you guys for so long is you just need to start being able to go out there and not worry about all of the big social pressures that you have and all the things that you're being expected to do by your mum your dad your teacher believe it or not the system that you get told to do as you're growing up isn't that beneficial most people live this life by getting up they study their whole life they get told that getting good grades is going to get them a good job but it's not the case whatsoever if you just get a job as soon as you leave school never do anything for yourself you then just pay a loan to someone else to pay for a mortgage and then you pay for your mortgage you die with a pension that's it like what what, what is that what is there with that do you know what i mean you need to go out you need to be experiencing things especially when you're mobile when you're nimble and you're young and you're able to do it and like we said you don't have to be rich you don't have to give up all of your responsibilities take a month take a week just go out we pay no more than probably up to 50 pound very maximum for flights around Europe like mainly we pay about 10 to 20 pound per flight and you don't have to spend unreal like money on hotel accommodation get a hostel camp if you can if you've got the facilities for it and just basically make the most of it so yeah that's the key mindset that we're, we're trying to achieve here yeah for real like all I could say over and over again is just travel just travel until you're humble and appreciative of everything that you actually have because Although traveling Europe is like amazing, Europe has so many beautiful things to offer. You go to these South American countries, India, Asia, and you see how some people actually live and what people actually appreciate are things that you would throw in the bin or things you don't even realize exist. So yeah, just travel until you're humble and appreciative is like the quote for the day. Calm. Thank you so much. That pretty much wraps everything up. Obviously, thank you so much for coming on, Toby. I really appreciate it. Um, in terms of where we're going from here just make sure you go and like and subscribe and rate and share and any basically engage as much as you can with this because it really does help me out and without that i can't do anything else because i need the views i need you guys to basically engage with this and put it out there and hopefully eventually i might be able to make this with like a sponsor so if you're listening and you've got a little business and you've got a sponsor feel free to sponsor me i also have a donations page i don't expect anyone to send me anything but any of the money raised through the donations page go back into the podcast i need to to get another mic i need to get some uh, slightly different equipment so if you are willing to do that go follow that you'll see it all through the description of this and like i said go follow everyone's social media it will all be in the description of here but thank you so much i have been jordan this has been toby l and harry thank you so much and have a great day i'll see you all very soon 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.